Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, vanguardne.ca. It is June 28, 2019. School is out. The Leafs are in. I'm Norman James, along with Mike Agello. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Michael, long time no talk. Good morning, Norman. Uh, yes, it has been, and plenty of news in Leafland. No doubt we're going to get to Leafs converts and OG's questions in the next couple of minutes. But first things first, Mitch Marner and the Leafs have agreed to a deal. Easy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you wish, and everybody else wishes. I, you know, it's the thing is, it's like uh, there's talk that something will get done before July 1. That's the best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is going to be a long haul, and I don't know oh. if it's going to be July, August, if it's going to be before – you know, before training camp, I mean, it, it has the potential to, to, to be that because I truly believe and, you know, I, I, I've heard a number of uh, the insiders and reporters that I respect espouse this particular opinion. Mm-hmm. They don't think there are going to be offer sheets. They think that, uh, you know, this is a lot of leverage. It's a lot of bull, bull crap. Yeah. And that, you know, it, at a certain point, if they don't uh, sign an offer sheet early on that this is going to drag on like the, like the Nylander thing last mm-hmm. year. Now, I hope for the Leafs that that isn't the case because we can see that they've almost been paralyzed in a couple instances um, by not being able to do things because they have to keep their powder dry for, for Marner okay. and their cap their cap room open for him so uh, it, it's not a great situation mm-hmm. for for Kyle Dubas and he, he really I think wants to get some business done but until he gets Marner done he really can't is Marner worth 12 million dollars per no so no if the Leafs don't feel that w- most of us don't feel that way except the Marner camp why would any other team feel that way and why would they throw an offer sheet at the guy for any other reason to stick it to the Maple Leafs. It just doesn't seem like good business. Yeah. And take it from the other team's perspective as well. Not only are you, would you be making him the second highest, if you're using that as an example, 12 million, not only would you be making him the second highest paid player in the national hockey league behind Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. you would be giving up four first round picks on top no of doubt. that. So, you know, the, the speculation is, is if, the, if there's an impasse, and I don't think this is the case, that it would be similar to the Phil Kessel situation where a trade would be um, put together mm-hmm. um, to, to make that. And then, then, then the other team would sign one of these RFAs, whether it be Marner or Rantanen or Braden Point. But again, I don't, I don't perceive of any of these uh, RFAs, these big name young players mm-hmm. wanting out so badly <laughs> I, I do i do i do think though and this this is the thing you know i know that there's been some reports that over the years you know marner has felt a little disrespected by the leap organization that you know he didn't get the bonuses on his first contract and he played on the fourth line and this and that i mean honestly that's part of the, that is part of the 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 process of being a young player you know you're not going to get everything that you want and now that you've proved that you're a top echelon player you know I, you want every dollar you can get but the thing is is this is a cap league and you already have two players making over 11 million bucks and there's just a certain amount of room if they sign him for over 10 million which i think is going to end up being the case mm-hmm. then you're probably going to see 
a player or two moved out because they simply had to clear space. How has Mitch Marner been disrespected by the organization? I don't get that at all. Well, well, I, well, I mean, just as this one example, and it's been cited a few times, and this was Lou Lamorello when he signed his entry level contract at the, mm-hmm. you know, after the 2015 uh, draft. Mm-hmm. He, the, there's a certain set of bonuses that first round picks, especially top mm-hmm. first round picks, get. They're referred to as Schedule A, Schedule B. You know, if you get if you get a full slate of bonuses, it's almost three million dollars that you can okay. get above and above and beyond your your entry level contract. He didn't get those full slate of bonuses. Mm-hmm. He got some of them, but not all of them. And then Austin Matthews a year later okay. got the full slate. Oh. So he felt it, I, I, there's some people that in the Mar- think that the Marner camp felt slighted slighted by that, but that shouldn't. I mean. I know. That shouldn't be the case in terms of them feeling slighted. Get your money now. I get that. But at a certain point, you have to be reasonable. Both sides have to be reasonable. And I think eventually they'll get there. But right now, it just everything is in limbo. And I don't think that's a good thing for the Leafs. Yeah, let's be pissed off at the Maple Leafs because of what a former general manager did to their quote-unquote did to their client to upset and disrespect him. The, the Marner camp, especially the dad, they walk around like they're two feet tall with an axe to grind. Like getting Marner back is great, but the dad, I mean, they, they've got to ban him from the building. Seriously, it's just, it's Carl Lindros territory times two or three times four. And then, you know, you've got media mouthpieces out there chiming the, the Marner line and then the, the, the agent. This is, this has the potential of getting real bad. Let me ask you, Mike, and OGs, you can chime in uh, on the YouTube community platform uh, within the comments section on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Is Mitch Marner a more important player, a, a more of an impactful player, a bigger part of the Maple Leafs picture than William Nylander? Yes. Of I course. think he's the – yeah. I mean, I think he's uh, – I think him – and Matthews and okay. Tavares all have equal importance. Sure. So here's where I'm going with this. How do you think the, the Nylander impasse and the way he was integrated back into the team late last year affected the Maple Leafs? Well, I think it was an, I think it ended up being a negative, mm-hmm. uh, a, a negative fat thing for the, for the Leafs. And, you know, I you know what direction I'm going to go. How successful that they were early in the season yep. without Neilander. Okay, and how they can and how that could be the same thing again. I mean, look at right now from the from the reports that we've heard, they have contracts in place with Andreas Janssen and Casper Kapanen, mm-hmm. um, both. Long, longer bridge deals in the three, three to three point four million dollar range. Mm-hmm. Um, those are twenty goal scores. If they don't take a step back, that's probably what they're going to end up being. If you're signing Marner for ten, ten and a half, something like that, on a long term deal, you can afford those guys. You can't afford a seven million dollar William Nylander, even if he goes yeah. back to scoring 65 to 70 points. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you can afford him. He's a luxury mm-hmm. and you're, you have not even addressed your defense at all. And that's why, you know, I keep going back to if they sign Marner, which I think they will, 
and if these reports are true about the about Kapanen and Janssen, there has to be some way that they're going to be able to improve their defense. And I don't think it's going to be through free agency re-signing Dion Phaneuf for $700,000 or something like that. That could be something that they do because they have little money to work with. But you need somebody you can put into your top four and help improve your defense. And right now, they don't have that. <laughs> If this entire summer ends up with number three as the bottom pairing for the next season, I'm going to be so thrilled. Where I was going with that, though, Mike, can you imagine Mitch Marner and his team holding out or, you know, being a major part of this impasse, the catalyst of uh, of an issue between them and the Leafs going into October, November? If you thought the Nylander situation didn't end uh, – efficiently or productively enough for the Maple Leafs. How is the Marner fiasco going to wrap up and be beneficial to both parties? Well, that's, the, my, the that's, one... that's my, that's my concern right now, Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the one thing on top of that, that won't work is the actual numbers of the deal. If you remember the Nylander deal, the first year was front loaded because of mm-hmm. him going past the beginning of the season. The Leafs with their cap situation, they won't be able to afford Marner on a front-loaded deal because that the, the, the first year would be more than whatever his contract Enough. amount is. So if he doesn't sign by the beginning of the season, he may not He may not be they, – they, they probably can't fit him in, under the cap for the year. So this has got to get done before October 1st. We have a few more things to talk about. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, VanguardNE.ca. OGs, converts, hate listeners, thank you so much for being here. Uh, We're not podcasting as frequently as we did a few months ago. Life gets in the way. Mike's busy. I'm busy. But rest assured, the Leafs Convo lives on forever. And as um, things heat up, we will intensify and ramp up what we do in terms of production. And... uh, Things are going to get bigger and better from here. Uh, just you wait. Ryan Hurst on Twitter, if Marner is traded for a legit top 2D man and other assets, you do it. Bracco is going to be a Marner clone this coming year. So if you could get the likes of Klingberg and Heiskanen plus plus, you do it in a heartbeat. The only problem is Dallas isn't going to trade Klingberg or Heiskanen plus plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heiskanen is on his entry-level contract was a third overall pick and played wonderfully as a 19-year-old. Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's the thing. The only scenario where you're getting a a top four defenseman for Marner with a price point that's uncertain is if it's another defenseman whose price point is uncertain. Like, I, I've heard, you know, somebody say, well, Ivan Proveroff from Philadelphia. And I'm like, he's, he's in the same boat. He's an RFA. He's looking for a new contract. That's why making trading Marner makes no sense unless it's somebody who has a specific, you know, who has a who has length on the contract, who they know how much he makes for how many years. But I, that is not the first, the second, or the third option when it comes to Marner. It's getting him signed, but it's a question of Darren Ferris and Paul Marner being reasonable and not pushing things to the edge. And right now, you know we're. It's, you know, a few days before July 1st, and it's officially the edge. We're here. Eddie Burla, big fan of the podcast, always contributing. Thanks, Ed. I know it's a dark scenario, but is there any martyr trade the Leafs can actually win? 
put four firsts on the side, Seth Jones, Domba, and Zucker for Marner and Zaitsev. I know it's the nuclear option, but do either of you see a trade where the Leafs are better with a right-handed D and no Marner? No, I, I really don't. I mean, it, it takes two to tango, and unless there's mm-hmm. a situation like, you know, L.A. trading Drew Doughty, and, you know, the thing is that Doughty is 28 going on 29 years old, and you're giving up seven years there. You know, none of these deals, and, and it would have to be a defenseman. You know, like I mean, if if, if Columbus is worth well, willing to trade Seth Jones, I mean that's great because that's the type of defenseman you're looking for. But I don't think they're willing to trade Seth Jones, so I don't I don't think that deal. You know, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> that should be your caption, eh? Micah Jello, Hockey Buzz. That dog don't hunt. DJ Olenek, <laughs> Olenek, one of our buddies, always in the mix when it comes to Leafs Convo. Are these possible scenarios? Number one, Golden Knights, Cap Dump, equal Colin Miller. He loves Colin Miller for a second plus fourth. And Andreas Borgman from the Maple Leafs. Number two, Zaitsev for Rasmus for Selena. Number three, Breeze to Grease for a second at the trade deadline, February 25th or third plus fourth this next week. I think you understand what he's trying to get at here. He's just thinking all over the place, and that's why we like creativity from the Converts. Well, the the problem is, is they've already traded their first round pick. So if he's trading a second and a fourth, I think it was, for Colin Miller, then the Leafs have no picks until the third round, and I don't think Kyle Dubas wants wants to do that. So mm. I, I think they'd like to get Colin Miller. I think Colin Miller would be a good replacement as a right hand shot defenseman on probably under top four, but the problem is he's making a little under $4 million. And unless you can unload sites have for a draft pick, I don't think they can afford that. And, you know, the same thing with, first of all, I don't think the, the Sabres are trading Rasmus for Stelena for Nikita Zaitsev. Second of all, you know, because they don't trade inside their division, especially to Toronto. Yeah. Second of all, he makes more than Zaitsev. And the, the cap situation right now, is tenuous. I, I do think that Connor Brown is going to end up being traded. I don't like that because I think he's a good player. Um, but if they can get a draft pick for him and alleviate their cap situation with this two million or two point one million dollar salary, mm. I think they'll they'll end up doing that. But you know, I mean, they have a number of young forwards who can take his place, and you know, there's been a lot of speculation about him in Edmonton because uh, he played with with David and Erie. I have a, I just had this weird feeling. He goes to Edmonton. He's going to score 25 to 30 goals. Yeah, all of this complexity when it comes to the salary cap and who's coming in, uh, who would go out, how does it all fit into the puzzle? How does this help Kyle Dubas forward the plan, forward the goal of making this team better than last season and bringing it one step closer to where it wants to be in position to win a Stanley Cup, Mike? I mean, it doesn't, and that, and that. See, the thing is, is that we pinpointed the what I, at least I, I have over the last few years, and the main problem with this team is on the blue line, and now it's mm. become painfully apparent because of Hainsey and Gardner probably being gone. Gardner is going to end up getting probably close to seven million dollars a year on a long-term deal from some team, and God bless them. Um, I, I don't know. It's 50-50. I haven't heard anything about Hainsey, whether he resigns or, or not. And when you don't hear anything, that's not that's not good news. Okay. So, 
you have to assume, you have to assume, and and we know that Dermot's going to probably be out until November. So right now, that's three three defensemen from last year on a which was basically a a subpar or average defense that are gone. Where is Kyle Dubas going to replace those guys? The only, I mean, other than like I said, bargain basement shopping, going out and looking for veteran guys who will come in on a one year deal, and that's possible. Um, you know, besides Dion Phaneuf, a guy like Mark Mathot, if he's healthy enough, or somebody out there would take a one-year deal. The only way to improve their defense is by trade, and that's yeah. and that's being held up because they they don't know how much room they have to work with with Marner. Ugh. So that's being held. I think that's being held up. Everyone knows how much I respect Mitch Marner as a player. Okay, going <laughs> right back to his junior hockey days. I remember the 14 Memorial Cup in London. And I mean, the, the Knights weren't very good. Max Domi was sulking. And, you know, a lot of these guys were thinking, ah, we should be out of here by now. And Mitch Marner is just this rookie kid and he had to hit a mullet. So that was a plus. Just, the, just you know, you knew that, you knew he was going to be the, the guy. And then a few years later, he leads the Knights in part to, you know, as part of a, a unit. Uh, to a you know historical Memorial Cup win in Red Deer. I mean, the guy's got it all. Amazing. I love him, and he's one of my favorite players. But you also know that I put the Leafs over Leafs. And if Marner and his camp are going to become a hindrance in the process of making this team better and getting it to a Stanley Cup, I will turn on them. I'm that way. And... Uh, what I'm seeing right now, what I'm feeling right now is uh, Camp Marner is only concerned about Marner. And, you know, I thought that uh, this player and his his crew uh, were, were bigger than that. I understand there's money in the game, but this guy is going to be paid. He's probably going to be overpaid. But right now where we're at, what's going on is holding this team's ability, holding back this team's ability to progress forward, Mike. And you've outlined um, the scenarios. They just don't seem very encouraging for Kyle Dubas at this point. And this team's got to get down to business of trying to get better because everyone else in the East is attempting to get better. And look, you look, look, you look at the Raptors. They're NBA champions, the Raptors. No, one, no Raptor fan base is divided over Fred Van Vliet versus Kyle Lowry, the same way Raptors fans or Leafs fans are either in Camp Marner or Camp Nylander. They're champions. So what's what's going on with this organize uh, the Leafs, Marner, the fan base? Um, I think it's a, a big summer for all of us here, and I like to see all of us be this big cohesive kumbaya unit as we go into the next season. I just don't see how that transpires the way the way things are laid out for us on June twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen at seven a.m. Well, I, I'll give you this example of how this has affected the Leafs so far, and I mentioned it to you before we started recording. Uh, on the draft floor on Friday night before the draft started, um, you saw Kyle Dubas in lengthy discussion with David Poyle, the Nashville Predators GM. Um, the speculation was swirling on the draft floor that P.K. Subban was up for trade mm-hmm. um it's been reported now after after the fact uh after Subban has been was traded to New Jersey that there were four teams in on Subban one of them being the, the Leafs and Elliot Friedman reported that 
Um, the Leafs were really strong on Subban, but they needed Nashville to retain three million dollars of his salary. Now we don't know how much or what they were what they were trading in a Subban deal. I would assume it was probably either Nazem Kadri or or William Nylander in the deal, but. Nashville waited 24 hours and then Ray Shiro and Poyle made a deal. And according to Shiro in an interview with Friedman said that Poyle called him and said, I can't wait on this team any longer. Let's make the deal. So it was the Marner situation and the lack of cap space that prevented the Leafs from getting PK Subban. And that, and at least that's my, that's my belief. And if that's the case, then that's a missed opportunity. And I don't know where you get a more impactful defenseman on this market in the next few weeks than PK Subban. And it was, it was caused by, I think in part the, the Neil under contract in part, the management of the salary cap and in part because they have to keep their powder dry for Marner in case of an offer sheet that that deal couldn't get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, the Subban near miss or near get will be discussed amongst Leafs fans too. We know the last time you and I even brought up his name, we were hit pretty hard in the comments section and no problem. That's cool. By fans who are, were relieved. I'm sure are relieved now that Subban is not coming to Toronto. I get it. People think he's a, a cancer or a problem in the locker room or he's just not a team guy. I don't know if this is going back to the Montreal situation, but we know the Leafs need impact on defense and he surely would have provided that, especially now. I mean, what, what are the Leafs trying to build toward? Like, are the Leafs wanting to be contenders in 2026? I thought they were contenders now. I thought they wanted to win a Stanley Cup now. Like, I thought... Isn't the point now for the Leafs to win the next Stanley Cup and the one after that and the one after that? What are we? What are the Leafs waiting for? Clearly, uh, for the Marner camp to come to their senses, but I don't know if that is uh, going to come to pass anytime soon, Mike. So July first, knocking at the door, we are. What are you expecting? A bunch of <laughs> character, uh, low character guys, one year deal guys to come in and hold some places down until the young cats are ready or. You know, is Kyle Dubas into plan B and C right now, thinking about how the the Marner situation may uh, hold up what he really wants to do? Well, I I think you're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna see a bit of the of the bargain basement. I think you're gonna see if there's veterans out there willing to take one year deals, either at forward or on defense, that they'll they'll go that direction. They did it last year with Tyler Innes. I mean, maybe they can get Innes re-signed because I think he was an effective depth forward. Um, you know, if they see a a center out there that would do that for one year, and maybe that's a direction they go. I think they'll focus that on defense and the names like Fanuf or Mathot or some of these veteran guys. You know, they're probably going to get more than a million dollars, but it, because they're defensemen. But I think the Leafs sort of have to get into that market because um, you know they they really need to. One one name that's been mentioned is Ben Hutton from the, from Vancouver, who was not qualified by the Canucks. There is a connection to him uh, through uh, Lawrence Gilman, the Leafs assistant GM. And he drafted him in Vancouver in 2012. So, you know, and there was uh, Elliot Friedman reported yesterday that uh, um, apparently the Leafs tried to make some sort of deal with Vancouver before uh, he was not qualified. So there is interest there. They, they may they may go there in terms of signing. But I think the one thing that you can 
make sure that there is, I would say not a hundred percent certain, but fairly close to being certain is that Zaitsev will be traded after Monday because Zaitsev is a $3 million bonus on his contract. And once that, mm-hmm. once that's paid out by the Leafs, then his four and a half million dollar salary uh, is, is one and a half. And that's basically another team getting Zaitsev for free for the first year. So I think if a, de- a deal happens, that it'll happen after after twelve at twelve p.m. on uh, on July first. Mike, you should know Zaitsev has already gone to me. <laughs> well, real 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 quick before we go, James D in the community platform on the Leafs Convo YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's your professional take on Dubas adding? all small skilled players at the draft. And do you think Marner is being guided by the wrong people in life? Mm. Well, I, I, and I, I, I commented on this on a, uh, on one of my blogs on hockey buzz at the draft. I talked to some people who are, you know, draft analysts and people who I respect, who have a good take on what the league is. And they said, you know, they're drafting the same players, the same type of players. I mean, Nick Robertson, their second round pick, uh, played with uh, SDA, their third round pick from last year, and Peter Burrow. He's a talented kid, speedy, skilled, you know, feisty. He's not a big body. He's never going to be a big body. And they 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 have to dra- They have to have players that can play multiple types of games. They can't have all water bugs. They have to have some size, and that's why a guy like Mason Marchman is probably going to make the team because it's, the, this organization is almost bereft of players who can play mm. that type of game. And we saw because of the St. Louis Blues, you know, you, they, could, they could play a skill game, but they could play a physical game. And after a while, teams couldn't deal with their physicality. So yeah. I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's one shortcoming uh, that Dubas has. He, he likes skill, speed, and hockey IQ. And those are all things that you need, but you also need – somebody to be able to push somebody in the corner and knock up, knock them off the puck. I take it Dubas was watching the Stanley cup finals more than he was watching his, you know, his data in terms of what needs to be done to win a Stanley cup. I trust he's going to make the right decisions going forward. I mean, I'd also like to see a Nick Patan, Jason Blake and Simon Gamash first line <laughs> going up against the, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, St. Louis. Simone Gamash. Simone Gamash. <laughs> Love me pulling out that oh, one. Oh, God. Yeah. Listen, Mike, safe travels up the highway. Welcome back to Canada. One of these days you'll just stay. Mm, I'd like to. Thanks, Norm. The Leafs combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years' experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca.